You're listening to Single Mama Shine. I'm Gabriella Buxton, single and soulful mama to one-year-old Walter. But it wasn't that long ago that I was panicking about the huge responsibility that goes with becoming a lone parent. Fast forward two years, countless midnight breastfeeds and a whole bunch of cuddles, and I invite you to join Single Mama Shine, an empowering movement of women warriors, healing through connection, community and celebration, supporting one another in stepping into our power as fierce females and growing alongside our gorgeous little ones. I created the Single Mama Shine podcast to bring you resources, tools and insights to help heal mummy guilt, ignite your intuition and motivate you to be the best mama you can be. If you're a single mama, a lone mother or a solo mum looking to expand your village, take the next steps with your own goals and single-handedly grow conscious, compassionate and confident tiny humans whilst injecting a well-deserved dose of self-care into the mix, then you're in the right place. Hello, single mamas, and welcome to this episode number nine of the Single Mamas Shine podcast. I am Gabriella, your host, and I feel so tired. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was so funny because literally as I just started, like two minutes before I started recording this, I was like thinking, no, you know, think think energetic thoughts. Like you don't want to bring your tiredness to your listeners. Um and then and then it just came out and I'm going to leave it in because this is life. You know, sometimes we get tired, especially as single mamas. Um, I have no idea why I'm so sleepy today whilst I'm recording this. I, I haven't had especially bad nights with Walter recently. In fact, he has been sleeping really quite well. Um, I think that what it may be actually is that this last week... I've been feeling quite reactive in terms of the work that I've been doing. So if you've been with me over the last few weeks over, you know, since the beginning of the podcast, we obviously started Single Mama's Shine podcast during the lockdown period. Um, And that was at a time where my bricks and mortar physical like um, premises business, um, which is a yoga studio in my hometown, Stoke-on-Trent in Staffordshire, was closed because obviously we couldn't host um, yoga students in here breathing with their mouths open and, you know, hugging each other, which is something that we all love to do at yoga, at least at this studio we do. Um, so we obviously couldn't couldn't do that at the time. And so, you know, I found myself having quite a lot more time on my hands. Um, I was using a lot of my time to, to work on more creative tasks and things that I've really, really enjoyed doing. Um, and it's, I think for me, and just like it has been for so many other people, it's been a real kind of lesson in learning about myself and about the sorts of tasks that I enjoy doing. And, um, you know, the things that I would do even if money was not an object, for example. And for me, a lot of that was um, was all to do with writing and to do with connecting with with people on a real kind of, you know, person to person level and um, celebrating each other's successes and being there to support each other when things were not going quite so well um, and not needing to think too much about strategy or um, numbers or any of those things basically so 
so all of that was was great and I really enjoyed my my lockdown experience to be honest and then slowly but surely things have started getting back to where they were before and I'm able to bring a lot of what I learned during the lockdown period with me and by the same token a lot of that stuff is is needed to adjust again and and you know is needed to I've needed to be flexible again um, and a big part of being flexible again is has been around getting my yoga studio back up and running, um, getting back in touch with members, working out, you know, how many students can we fit in each class and how can I make it so that, you know, those students that have an unlimited membership, for example, can can get to an unlimited number of classes when we we have such uh, high restrictions when it comes to numbers um, at the moment because of the the fact that there are still restrictions out there for for the virus so it's been a lot of mind work and it's been a lot of uh waiting waiting for for other people to get back in touch with me to let me know um what they what they want to do with their membership or what they want to do with with their class pack that they had banked before the lockdown or you know when they want to be getting back and and so that's meant that a lot of my work has been really reactive and it's been a lot of a lot of sitting and waiting for people to to give me the go ahead and then at that point I'm like okay now I can start putting certain steps into place that I couldn't do until I got that go ahead so working reactively does not fuel me at all I'm I'm realizing that I much prefer planning out my days and planning out my weeks planning out my months having some strategy in place and if my sister is listening to this, she's going to be rejoicing right now because she she, she is an incredible uh, digital marketing guru, essentially. Um, she does loads and loads of support for me with, with the Single Mama Shine project, but also with the, the yoga studio, the Love and Light Sharla. And, and she's often saying to me, like, you know, you need to get a strategy. We need to put a strategy in place um, because, you know, winging it doesn't work. And, and during, um, during the lockdown period where there was, as I say, a little bit more time on my hands, being quite ad hoc was, was not too bad. And at times that, you know, at times when it was necessary to do that, especially with regards like marketing and writing posts and, um, you know, that side of things, it was a lot easier than it is now, now that things are starting to, to step back up again. So, so that's kind of where my head is at at the moment is that I'm realizing as we're nearing the autumn season here in the UK, I'm starting to reflect on, you know, the impact of the lockdown, the things that I've learned about the world around me, the things that I've learned about the people that I interact with and the things that I've learned about myself in that process as well. And, uh, you know, really kind of considering how I can be applying those things and making it making it so that I'm carrying some of the things that I loved the most about lockdown with me into this this next period, this next chapter. So, so that's where I'm up to. And I would love to know where all of you are up to. So if you've not already been in touch recently via our Instagram account at Single Mamas Shine, or even via email, you can literally ping me an email. I'm hello at singlemamashine.com. And I would love to hear how you are starting to apply some of what you learned during lockdown. And maybe I'll do an episode about this. And it can be the things that you've learned about 
your children, the way that you interact with them as a mother. It could be things that you've learned about homeschooling. It could be a newfound appreciation for, for a specific person in your life that you weren't able to see during the lockdown period. It could be to do with something completely different like your career or your finances or a romantic relationship that has recently started up. So I just want to know, you know, I um, I know that this this time has been really difficult for so many of us, which makes it even more important that we are able to maximize on that experience and and take things with us that we are able to really learn from. So, so yeah, so as I say, I am sleepy, um, but I can't complain too much. Once I've recorded this podcast, I'm going to go home. I'm going to take a nap uh, for about an hour or so. Um, and then, and then I'm going to head straight back here to the studio to, um, meet a flooring guy. My friend, my friend Helen, her husband is coming to look at the floor here at the studio because we had some really heavy rain combined with some really hot weather just last week. Um, and that's resulted in the floor lifting, the laminate lifting a little. So, so I'm going to have to dash back here to welcome him. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to getting a bit of a nap in. And then before I know it, it'll be time to go and pick up my beautiful little boy, Walter, and, um, teaching teaching yoga this evening so it's all go but it's all good so what I wanted to talk about during this episode is the topic of co-bathing and the main reason why I wanted to talk about co-bathing is because I found a really really beautiful piece of artwork on Instagram at the moment I'm obsessed with finding artists on Instagram if you don't already follow me over there um, the the handle is that what it's called the Instagram handle is at single mamas shine um, and I'm quite regularly like um, sort of re-instagramming people's artwork into my stories because there's some gorgeous pieces out there so this this Pacific this specific artist um, is on Instagram and I think that her name is um, spelt it's spelt like no haranda Okay, I know that's like a, a different name. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I don't know if there's like um, some kind of pun in there that I'm not getting or whether that's actually that her name is Noharanda um, because I, I don't know her yet, although we are connecting quite a lot on, on Messenger at the moment. Um, but she has got some gorgeous stuff um, and you definitely need to go and check it out. She's got a whole Etsy shop. She sells um, her work as prints. She sells it as mugs, as yoga pants and yoga leggings. I originally found her through searching for yoga art on Instagram. But one of her pictures is the most beautiful little graphic that I have seen in a long, long time. And if you're in our Facebook group, the Single Mama Shine Facebook group, then you will have maybe seen it as well because I shared it in there. And I also shared it on our page, on the Single Mama Shine page. Um, and basically, it is a beautiful, beautiful image of a mama in the bath with her baby. And she is breastfeeding her baby while she's in the bath. Um, there are flowers all around her. It's like the most gorgeous bath time co-bathing setup that you you could ever imagine. And I just saw it and it really, uh, it really struck a chord with me, even though, and I, I did put this in the caption of the post, you know, I don't have flowers floating around when me and my son bathe together. I have um, usually his little foam bath toys. They'll be floating around. So it's not quite the same. 
Um, and there is there there have been quite a few mummers who have commented and said like if if all you've got floating around in the water is bath toys when you're sharing a bath with your baby then you're you're doing well you're lucky <laughs> um, and I will say as as like a complete transparency thing uh, it does happen babies do poo in the bath toddlers do poo in the bath and maybe slightly older children do as well if you're co-bathing with them I don't know until they're potty trained realistically it's highly likely that they're going to pee in the bath for sure. You just kind of have to get on board with that if you are choosing to co-bathe. And then very, very occasionally they may poo. So gross. Super, super gross. Just kind of, you know, watch out for it essentially. And, um, and have, a, have an action plan. <laughs> Decide, you know, what, what am I going to do if, he, if this kid poos in the bath? Like how quickly can I get out in a safe way um, and all the rest of it? But I'm not going to go into that anymore because what I really want to talk about is is the way that you can set up co-bathing if it's something that you're interested in with your baby or your toddler or your slightly slightly older child. If you have one and you would like to co-bathe with them, you think that, that that's something that you're comfortable with and the child is comfortable with um, because so, so many people commented on this post. Literally, I posted this the same image um, into a couple different Facebook groups that I'm a part of um, for, for mothers across the globe. And on one of those Facebook groups, it had over 500 comments on that one single post. And a lot of the, com- most of the comments, the vast majority of the comments were mamas saying, yes, 100%, I co-bathe, I love co-bathing, my child loves co-bathing, it works perfectly for us. It brings amazing memories, great bonding experience, a lovely opportunity to soothe and settle up my little one before bed, um, an opportunity for them to have some milk, to get that skin-on-skin contact. Um, and and it's it's just, yeah, the feedback was really, really positive on it. There was quite a few mamas as well, though, that were saying that they were concerned about the safety. Um, maybe they have got little ones of their own. They'd like to try it or they've, um, they're expecting a little one. They would like to try it and um, they just want some tips and guidance as to how to do it safely. Now, I would definitely say for all of our single mamas out there, if you feel safe and confident after you've listened to this podcast to, to give it a try, 100% do it. Co-bathing is one of the best, best choices I've made since having my son, Walter, especially as a single mama. Because when you're a single mama, you do not have someone who can be watching the baby whilst you go and take a bath or whilst you go and take a shower. Okay, so, so you know, it's, it's fine if you can pop them in a, a bouncer beside the shower or beside the bath and they're happy to be there for however long you're going to be bathing yourself. Um, or it's great if you can do those things whilst, whilst your little one is asleep at night. But, you know, it's, that's not always super practical. And, and the thing that I noticed was happening in the first couple of weeks when I had my son was that my bathing, which should be like a number one non-negotiable, right? We should be able to bathe as single mamas. We should, humans should be able and allowed to bathe. Um, But my bathing got pushed to the bottom of the list. So it all relied for me during those first couple weeks on how the baby was coping. So if he was crying or if he was um, cluster feeding or if he was, you know, really wanted mama, then... I, I wouldn't go for a bath that day or I wouldn't go for a shower that day because I felt so concerned about leaving him if he needed or wanted me in those moments. Um, 
so what I decided to do eventually, and it was actually my mum that suggested it, was to co-bathe. And this also actually really helped because I had just had a C-section. That's my son was delivered by emergency C-section. Um, so, so I was co-bathing with him because leaning over the baby bath and then having to empty the baby bath... Um, it was just too much. It was too much strain. The leaning over was breaking my back and then the lifting the bath with all of that water in it, throwing the water away afterwards was too much strain for the muscles in my abdomen at the time. Um, and it was just becoming a real a real challenge essentially. Um, so I decided to co-bathe. Now, I kind of wondered a little bit at the time, like, is this weird? Is it weird to get into the bath with my baby? And and I guess it's just because it's something that I hadn't thought about before. I'd read about co-sleeping. I was on board with that. I was on board with breastfeeding. I was um, really keen for skin-to-skin contact and all the rest of it. But for some reason, co-bathing was something that I just hadn't thought about. Um, and when I say co-bathing as well, by the way, it doesn't have to be in the bath. If you are a mama that prefers showers or you think that your little one would prefer showers, especially because of that kind of white noise sound that the shower makes, and you feel as though you can co-shower with your little one safely, then have at it, mom, like go for it. Um, for me, I'm definitely more of a bath person and so is my son. He doesn't really like the shower. So when I get into these guidelines, um, a lot of them are going to you know, relate specifically to, to the bath, but choose choose what you like and apply them to the, the shower if you want to as well. So as I say, if you want to do it, go for it. But there are a few tips that I want to give you before you get started whilst you're still thinking about it. So the first one, numero uno, is if you don't feel confident that you can do this safely, then don't at least not until you've boosted that confidence and you've maybe done a couple of like trial runs. Um, How do you do a trial run? I don't know. Um, You could maybe get in and out of the bath a few times and make sure that you don't slip or or whatever. Um, So until you feel confident, don't do it. Because if you don't feel confident, you don't feel comfortable, then your little one is going to notice and feel that energy and they're going to cry, they're going to splash, they're going to move around a lot, they're going to make things really difficult. And one of the intentions of this is that this is going to be a beautiful self-care ritual for the two of you to share together. So if you don't feel confident, you don't feel comfortable, just leave it, leave it out for a little while. Ask for extra tips, ask for extra help. You can ask um, for that, that sort of guidance by getting in touch with with me, getting in touch with us on social media. I'm more than happy to, to help advise, to answer any questions um, and give any support. Equally, you could ask for help and support from a relative if you have anyone um, that shares the home with you, anyone that you trust to to help you a little bit in this way, whether it's to physically like pass you the baby or pass you your, your toddler, your kid. Um, and then, you know, you can pass them back out to them before you get out. Um, you know, just just kind of do whatever you need to do to to feel comfortable and to feel confident before you go ahead and try this out. So that's going to be number one. Um, number two is going to be to get your kid or your baby or your toddler into a good mood first. Much easier said than done. Am I right? <laughs> It's like, just get them in a good mood, simple. Um, So what I mean by that is if you can tell that they are not having any of it, 
on that day. They're having a bad day. There's been lots of tantrums, lots of sadness, lots of tears. Um, if they're if they're super super hungry and um, you know that you don't think that they will be able to manage to wait until you get into the bath if you are breastfeeding, um, then obviously you can breastfeed in the bath. But if they're hungry, then make sure that they've had something to eat first. Um, if they're super, super tired, although a bath can be a really nice soothing thing to do directly before bed, um, if they're super, super tired and they would rather just get into bed, then allow them to do that and save it for another night. So actually, just just the other night, in fact, um, it was quite a late night for Walter and he he did not want to have a bath that night. He was just so ready for bed. I ran the bath. He was running around upstairs, screaming, crying, like, you know, making lots of noise, making lots of fuss. Um, he, as soon as I like took his t-shirt off, he ran away and like got into bed underneath the covers, like got his bedtime story. And I was like, come on, you, we need to have a bath, like we need to wash and, and all the rest of it. And eventually what I decided to do, because I, I really tried to get him into the bath, didn't work. Um, and I just knew it was going to be a scene. So instead, I just gave him a little like sponge bath, essentially for that night. So if you if you feel like, you know, that night is not the night to do it, or that day is not the day to do it, because your, your child's mood isn't where it could be, um, then, then again, leave it for, a, for another day. Um, save it for a time when you're both calm, you're both cool, collected, settled, or at least as much as you possibly can be. So point number three is going to be to set yourself up for success. And, and it's funny when I say that because that feels like such um, kind of business speak or, um, yeah, I don't know what, that's, what that sounds like. It's like set yourself up for success and boss, boss being a mama or whatever. Um, but, but definitely have a little think about what you're going to need in place when you're going to need it. So for me, my typical routine is that I will go upstairs, which is where our bathroom is. Um, if I can leave Walter downstairs with, with my mom, my dad or sister for five minutes while the bath runs, then I do. Um, so that I can do this whole sort of setup um, without him running around. But oftentimes, you know, they, they're not available, they're out or they're, they're doing their own work or whatever. So I'll go ahead and take him upstairs with me, especially now that he's more aware of when bath time is. Um, he, he kind of, as soon as he knows that I'm going up, upstairs to run the bath, he's like, bath? Yeah, come on, let's go. Let's do this. Um, so sometimes I'll take him up with me. So I have got a, a sticky bath mat thing that goes inside the bath super important okay so that's one of the things that when we talk about safety with bathing with children bathing with babies or even when they're it, you know it's an older child and they're in the bath by themselves or an adult right we can slip in the bath and we don't want to do that especially not if our little ones are with us so really really important get yourself on amazon or wherever go to the your supermarket and find a like grip or slip resistant bath mat they stick down into the bath you can get them for the shower as well um they've got them little like suckers on the back like the the thing that you um stick a sat nav to the the car wind like windscreen the gps to the windscreen it's like you know what i mean so it's got those little suckers press it down into the bath so that it's not going to shift anywhere do that before you run the bath before anything goes into the bath um 
make sure that it's all that it's all sticking down that's going to help you to feel a lot more safe a lot more secure with the idea of of getting in and out of the bath okay once that's done you stick the plug in run the bath then what I tend to do is I will head over to my bedroom whilst the bath is running I have two towels. Now, there is an option to have a third towel, and I'll explain why in just a moment. So towel number one is the baby towel, and it's one of them where it's got a little hood on the top of it. Um, so I'll place the baby towel on my bed. You could put it on your um, changing mat or changing table if you if you have one or wherever. Um, so you put it on the bed with the sort of top hood bit like pointing away from you. Um, because when you get out of the bath and you move into the bedroom or into the changing room, um, you're going to place the baby onto that surface into that towel. Okay, so that's towel number one goes on a flat surface. Now, I'm going to say as well another option for this in just a moment that a few other people suggested and I think is genius. Um, but for now, we'll just stick with with this. Okay, stick with me. It'll all make sense. So what I also get then is I get a nappy, a diaper, I'll put it directly next to the towel and I will put his uh, pajamas directly next to that as well or whatever I want him to wear. I'll also then get my own knickers out of the drawer, I'll put them in that same section with the diaper and the baby pajamas and any clothes that I want to wear as well so that when I get out of the bath I can change myself without needing to take myself away from him on that surface. It's a lot easier now that he can walk and he can move around himself he can get on and off the bed himself but especially when Walter was a baby you know you don't want to place the baby into their towel and they're they're happy and comfortable and then you think oh damn it like I need I need my knickers I need my panties like where are they and then you got to pick the baby back up again and disrupt them and all that stuff we don't want to be doing that if we can help it so make sure that you're set up for success by laying everything out then towel number two comes with me into the bathroom and that's going to be a massive one of those big huge towels that you can get I put that directly next to the bath um, so that I can draw it around the two of us when as soon as we get out so that neither of us is going to be getting cold if it's winter time I will put that towel on the radiator in the bathroom so that it's really nice and toasty warm as well when we get out in that way also if you've got um, a sort of slippy floor in the bathroom this is all going to sound like real common sense because I feel like we should all be doing this stuff anyway, but I, I would often like danger dash it out of the bathroom um, without putting a, um, what's it called? Like a, a bath mat, um, a bathroom mat thing. It's like a towel. It's like a rug that goes on the floor and it just means that you can get your feet dry by stepping onto it before you step onto laminate or vinyl or tile or whatever slippy kind of floor you might have okay so just kind of maybe pop one of them down if you have it now you're also going to want to have any um any of the products that you might be using during the bath so my advice would be with a really really little one especially if they are like say younger than six months is to be really really careful with their skin anyway so until Walter was about six months old I tried not to use even regular soap with him if I could help it 
um, I would literally would use water. Um, and if I happened to have used some soap on myself and it was in the water that we were sharing, then I would, you know, use a little bit of that on him. But my skin's super, super sensitive. And I was conscious that his skin might be sensitive too. So, you know, be mindful of that. And also be mindful that if they are tiny, tiny, your baby, if you're putting a lot of soap on them and you're in the bath, they are going to get slippery. Okay, so this is where towel number three can come in. If you um, want to use a third towel or a muslin cloth, then you can actually wrap the baby or wrap your toddler. It's probably best with a baby. Toddlers don't like to be wrapped too tightly. Um, but wrap your baby in that extra towel or in that muslin cloth. If it's a towel, just like a hand towel size will do. And do that before they get into the bath. Get into the bath with that towel on them so that the towel is wet the baby's wet um, and basically you you have an easier grip on them they're they're less likely to slip away so the thing that I was going to say that a few other mamas suggested because um, the way that I do things from that that point onwards is I will then go and get my son I'll change him I'll change him in the bathroom so I take his clothes off take his nappy off in the bathroom because babies toddlers don't like too much change so what I found that I was doing was I was taking my son to the bedroom I was changing his clothes there and then I was taking him to the bathroom that's too many too many changes for for a toddler so try to change them in the bathroom so that they're ready to get into the bath if they're a tiny baby and you can't change them in the bathroom because you'd have to put them on the floor and you know that's it's not appropriate then the bedroom's fine and then go ahead and bring them on into the bathroom um and then and then get in essentially get into the bath check that the water is not too too hot so my bath mat the one that I have in my bath actually has um a little a little button that goes bright red if it's too hot essentially so that's a really really great way to know but also you can of course use a thermometer you can use your elbow your hand check the water before you get in with a baby and remember that they don't want the water too hot but equally they don't want it too cold either because they're not going to be comfortable with that so you get in don't think of this as being a bath, especially if they're um, really little. Don't think of this as being your primary cleaning yourself bath, okay? Because you are going to need to hold them at least with one arm throughout. If they're a little bit older, like with Walter now, he can, like, he walks and plays. Up, he walks up and down the bath. He'll play. He'll entertain himself. Um, then obviously I can, I can use that bath time as a time to clean myself as well. As they are getting a little bit older and you wanting to use some product on them, some soap or whatever, then of course you can use that. You can have it close to hand. Um, use a sponge, a really, really soft sponge if, if they're comfortable and happy with, with that being used. And essentially you, you do all of the, the standard bath things. Um, if you're feeling really, really treat worthy and you think that your little one would really benefit from this, you can actually light some candles you know keep them far out of reach so we've got a high up windowsill sometimes I'll light some candles up there I'll switch the lights off so it sets a really nice vibe um, and then I would use the music on my phone which is the same music that I used to use for my hypnobirthing when I was pregnant so it's just like creates a really really nice sort of atmosphere and if you are someone who does baby massage, then the perfect time, one of the perfect times to do the baby massage would be when you get out of the bath. 
So you get out of the bath, you wrap yourself and your little one in the big towel, and then you head towards the bathroom. So the thing which a lot of other mamas suggested, which I thought was genius, especially for with a little, little baby, um, is that they would have the baby bouncer or the baby um, swing or, you know, whatever baby can kind of sit in, essentially. They would have that in the bathroom with the baby towel laying on top of it. So that when it's time to get out of the bath, they would get out with their baby, put their baby into the bouncer, wrap the towel around them nice and warm, and then they would wrap their own towel around themselves, okay? So that's just another option, another way of doing things. With us, once I get into the bathroom, I'll then lay my son Walter onto the towel that I've preset on the bed. Um, Because we usually bathe in the evening, I tend to make sure before we go for the bath, I tend to make sure that the soft lamp is on rather than the big light so that he then when we come into the bedroom it feels like bedtime. It's a bedtime setup and it's part of our bedtime routine. Um, So oh I can hear the ice cream man's outside which is nice. It's it's nice and then it's it's not that nice because I'm podcasting so I can't um can't go and get myself an ice cream. (laughs) So So that kind of covers points three, four, and five, which was point three was to set yourself up for success. Point four was to set the mood with some music or with some candles if you you like that. Point five was, you know, to keep an eye on products and what products you might be using. Um, Number six is going to be to take things slow. Do not rush. Don't rush anything, okay? Obviously, if your little one is uncomfortable and doesn't like it, doesn't isn't enjoying the experience, then you can, of course, get out of the bath and call it a day, try it again some other time. Um, but if you can help it, take everything slow. And that is a safety point as well as, as, well as everything else. We don't want to be rushing because sometimes that can really alarm our little ones. When I mentioned the whole poo situation earlier on at the beginning of this, um, to jump out and to panic if that happens, for example, is going to really frighten our little one and create a really sort of negative um, idea for them around around bath time, which we don't want to do. So try and keep your own vibe as, as gentle, as soft, as calm as you possibly can and take everything, every single step slow. If your baby wants and and likes to breastfeed um, and you're happy for them to do that, then feed them in the bath. It's such a lovely opportunity to do that. And and that's, again, it's an opportunity to really slow things down. You can lean back, you can chill out, you can close your eyes. Um, you know, don't fall asleep, obviously. Safety is important, as I keep mentioning. Um, and, a, and, you know, one or two moms did raise this. Was They were like, oh, you know, tired, tired mamas, like getting into baths with their babies, not a good idea. Um, obviously, if you're super tired, don't do this. If you think it's likely that you could fall asleep in the bath, don't do this. Um, but if you if you're on a good level and you can close your eyes, you can lean back, you can chill out, and your little one is happy having their bit of milk, um, then then do that and take it slow. And then point seven, we've already spoken about it, which is drying time. So if you've set yourself up in the best possible way, your little one is going to be wrapped up in their towel already. Um, and whilst they're wrapped up and you know they're secure, just like they would when they were swaddled in the hospital when they were little or um, when, when you would have them at home after your home birth or whatever, 
they're swaddled, they're secure, you know, their, their arms are wrapped, their legs are wrapped, they can't get up um, and crawl or roll or, or anything like that. And they are warm. That's really, really important is that they feel warm after their bath. Um, so, so whilst they're doing that, and just laying there enjoying that kind of afterglow of the bath then it's your opportunity to get dry get your knickers on get your pajamas on whatever it is and then go ahead and um and you know finish finish their situation put their nappy on and get their pajamas on etc um and i mentioned the idea of doing baby massage after a bath time um, and a little point on that is, again, you need to make sure that your baby, that your toddler, that your child is warm enough after, they, after they've had their bath. So don't just kind of expose their entire bodies after they've had a bath so that you can do baby massage. I was always taught at our baby massage classes um, to, to actually have any parts of the body that you're not massaging to have them covered. Um, so if your baby is in their onesie in their baby grow and you want to be massaging their left leg then you just take that left leg out okay so you're transferring your body heat to them um, whilst you're massaging and the rest of their body is covered and is warm so those are my little tips um, and all of this as I say relies completely on you and what you feel is appropriate okay so there are people out there I understand that have got trauma associated with water um, trauma associated with um, you know naked bodies and sharing space in that way um, and and sexual abuse and um, child sexual abuse um, obviously if you are getting any kind of flashbacks or any sort of discomfort around that then then don't do it you know don't transmit that energy to your little one um if it's something that you want to heal and you want to move through you want to move past then then do so but do so with the guidance and the support of a professional of a therapist of a coach um you know what whatever it may be and and you know maybe start working with it in that way um, but do not feel as though this is something you have to do. This is just something that I'm sharing with you. I'm inviting you to experiment with if you haven't already, because for me and my son and for all of those commenters um, that commented when I shared that original post who had also had such a wonderful, intimate, close bonding experience with their children whilst co-bathing, um, you know, I just wanted to to kind of share that with you if, if it's something that you would be interested in trying. So I hope that this has been really, really helpful um, for you. As I mentioned, if you need any support, if you would like any guidance further to, to what I've already gone through, um, then feel free to reach out to me. It's hello at singlemommashine.com or at singlemommashine on Instagram and Facebook and I will check in with you all very soon. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a huge favor and review it right here wherever you're listening to it, as listener shoutouts are gonna be a huge part of this podcast. And if you're ready to connect with like-minded mamas from across the globe, Join our free Single Mama Shine Facebook group, where we're taking action steps towards clearing what doesn't serve us, manifesting what does, and raising kind, strong, and unique children every single day. Head to singlemamashine.com to get started.